0: This episode is brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated, Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so, very much from apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at notoriousfire.com. That's N O T O R I O U S, notoriousfire.com. And check them out on social media Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Notorious Fire. And this month with the podcasts, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023 you'll get free shipping on all orders within the u.s so check them out notoriousfire.com lenny and the crew they're making great stuff and i have to tell you with the summer upon us the sticker packs are out of control you got everything from star wars to pinups and everything in between slap them on your beer fridges your coolers and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with notorious fire a good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIRERADIO, June 2023, for free shipping all across the U.S.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to The Size Up by National Fire Radio, here with episode 26th on like the hottest day of the year thus far in new jersey so i'm really happy i'm inside in my air conditioning as i know my guest is inside in air conditioning too because we were just talking about that but i'm really excited for today's episode because i was able to meet my guest uh, finally at fdic this year fdic 2023 we got to meet kind of face to face even though i've been following his company and I guess him in a way on social media, cause he's a big part of his company, but you don't really know he's a big part of his company, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, we had this awesome conversation at FDIC. I know we're gonna talk about it, but we had some audio issues and all you see is our lips moving during this great conversation um the thing that's missing today though is the amazing beverages he was able to directly provide for us at fdic so without further ado my good friend randy from fire department coffee how are you today brother i am going to enjoy that
2: beverage here As you uh, drink sorry i beverage. can't pass it pass it through the screen to you but uh, i'm doing good my friend how are you i am
1: i am excellent you know and when i when we booked this episode and I just have a like busy week this week and I'm like we only had this time to meet and it's the afternoon and I'm like I'm gonna do a coffee episode and talk about coffee in the afternoon and I am not going to drink coffee in the afternoon like I've stopped doing that at home I still do it at the firehouse but at home I do not drink coffee in the afternoon.
2: And tell me why what what changed the uh, that you can't drink coffee in the afternoon because i I don't I deal with the same thing.
1: <laughs> so it's interesting. So I start so I always drank coffee in the afternoon at the firehouse because coffee's always on at the firehouse, right? Oh yeah. and uh, during during the pandemic and the lockdown, I found myself drinking copious amounts of coffee. Um, just between work, what we were dealing with here in the Northeast, my oh, kids, yeah. the stress of my wife going to the hospital, and I got to a point where I was like, yo, I'm over like a pot a day, and this can't be good for me. Like, I know this is not good for me to drink this much caffeine in a day. So... Maybe not right as the pandemic ended, but shortly after I was like, I'm going to no more coffee in the afternoons, unless it's like a, a
2: yeah, a- what happened with me, my story is a little different. I got, I hit a certain age, Pip, and it was like, you know, we, we when I first came on the job, I got hired in 2000. Uh, and so as a, a 24 years old, the coffee was on till midnight, till the young, the new guy, you know, cleaned the coffee pot up for the next day and got it ready, you know? Okay. And we would drink all up until then. But now I hit a certain age, it's like. I'm drinking coffee at supper time. I'm staring at ceiling tiles, man. I, I just have a hard time going to sleep, and I think it's how much I drink during the day. But I've had to shut her down about 4 p.m. Or, or there's some nights of uh, me wishing I hadn't had that last cup. That's for sure. I can
1: still pull like the late nighter, like the after dinner cup, or like the. How old are you? After dinner, I'm uh, boys
2: can ask each other th- those questions. How old are you?
1: Boys are allowed. I am 44. I'll be 45 in a few months.
2: All right. I just turned 48 in April. Oh, and so I, I worked for
1: me then. When, when did that start? When did the. the it's age... coming, brother. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> so, what has changed in my 40s? Like, I, I liked. I remember when I turned 30 and I was like, 30 is the new 20 and this is going to be awesome. And I really did. I enjoyed my 30s and everything was great. And oh, so, yeah. when the 40s came and I'm like, 40 is the new 21, I'm going to do it all over again, just like I did in my 30s. But I, I have found that's like. Oh, yeah. That is not. No,
2: no. Your body says, "Hey, I'm not happy with your behavior right now. You're gonna be sore tomorrow, and yeah, Dude, it's and not." I mean, with
1: all the fitness that I do too, like I've changed a lot of what I do in my fitness regimen right. because again, my body is just like, "No, man, you're not 26 anymore, and you can't back squat like that like you used to." You yeah, know? lower the weights, lower the volume. You know, ch- change it up a bit.
2: Absolutely. I hear you. I so hear you.
1: Crushed you in coffee and, and you're, you're the man behind fire department coffee. That, that, that's interesting. I figured it just like mainlined it all day, like 24 hours.
2: <laughs> being around it all day. And, and you know, and, and you it's, we have access to espresso machines here. So we're doing espresso shots and Americanos and man, it gets, and I didn't, I wasn't into that until I met Luke, who our, is our CEO and the story there is, you know, Luke, Luke was a young guy at ladder five. I, I work in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, we're about an hour west of Chicago. See, I was going to um, say
1: Peoria. Be- That's what I thought it was, but it's Rockford. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's know, Rockford,
2: <laughs> yeah. About an hour west of Chicago. We're kind of the city in the middle of nowhere, 150,000 people. And, uh, you know, we have our challenges in the city, uh, 11 firehouses, running 32,000 runs a year doing all the EMS and fire for the city. When I came on as the same 11 firehouses we were doing 16,000. So we've doubled our runs, kept the same number of houses, went down in manpower like a lot of our brothers and sisters that are going to watch this or at least can relate to, you know, doing more with less. But I meet Luke in in at ladder 5 and there's this young kid who's you know, got this coffee thing going and he's grinding and he just is, has a great personality. He's uh inspiring young kid. And I just said, Hey, I see you getting busy around the holidays. And this is probably 2017 or maybe 2018. He started in 2016. I can see it growing. I said, if you need help shipping around the holidays or when you get busy, you know, get a hold of me. I'd love to come help you out, learn. And he took me up on it. And first couple couple holiday seasons, we got really busy. And then he'd lay me off in like March. He's like, Hey man, I I just don't have the orders. I said, no problem. This is perfect. You know, it's a fun little gig. And then that third holiday season, probably 2019, something like that. He's like, Hey, no more laying you off. I need you. Yeah. He's like, I I got a different role for you. I, I started, you know, shipping and in production and I would, it's just kind of my nature. I would notice like inefficiencies like why are we touching this four times we should let me help develop a plan that makes us more efficient you know a firefighter stuff it's the, like yeah. the guys at the station you know it's just the way we're wired and so he noticed that and said i got a bigger bigger role for you if you want to take it on and i said let me think about it i don't know if i want another you know real real you know job other than the fire firehouse and now i've got you know it's you know, four and a half years later, I've got two full time jobs and don't have time to do anything else. But I love it. It's been it's been amazing. So
1: that, that is yeah. awesome. When, when Luke started too, because I, I love these stories, especially the the like the origin stories, like I'll use, I'll yeah. use a yeah. term that my kids use all the time. Well, his origin story. I'm like, I don't really care, but tell me. <laughs> but when it comes to small businesses, you know, was he out doing like the Like what? you see so many, uh, like I grind my own coffees at uh, like pop-up shops or at farmer's markets and things. So did he kind of start that route in the beginning?
2: Yeah. And he, you know, he, he started with, you know, his wife, Kate was a barista. And so they met and, and fell in love over coffee. And so she started teaching him and he became very interested and then started doing some small roasting, like tabletop roasting just for family and friends. And then it just kind of grew from, it was as organic a start as there, as there is, it really is. And that's, what's unique about you know, to get off on another tangent a little bit, when somebody's gone from there to where he is now, you've learned every easy lesson and every hard lesson you could ever learn when that's been your baby and you've grown it. And so there's really you 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 can't you can't uh, fake that, right? It is he's had tough lessons and, and and stuff has worked well and the between the mix of that he stayed true to the mission and that's what's fun about working here, man, is that. He says we're going to provide a good product we're going to provide as good a customer service as we can possibly do and we're just going to give back to to first responders who we are we're going to stay true to that mission but i think part of that is his roots as a vet you know he's a navy veteran a lot of people know that um and it's just that veteran mindset of this is the mission this is what we're going to do for it try not to vary from it if it works it works and and it'll all it'll all you know meet in the end and uh, we've been blessed with Amazing support, amazing customers, and just really cool opportunities that uh, allow us to do what we do. So It's
1: so cool, too, because I, fig- I figured you guys were around longer. I don't know. I guess just my timeline of how
2: everything works is messed up. <laughs> a lot of people say that. It's been a rocket ship, man. Um, I think we're close to 4,000 retailers now. And wow. we started started just small batch roasting for for local fire departments in 2016, you know.
1: And and there's so many companies out there, and, and not just fire department owned, but especially in the coffee industry where you see them appear on social media and then just as fast they may disappear. And you guys were able to really take that and level up, you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's so competitive, it, it, you know. And, and I'm going to tell people there's a lot of good coffee choices out there. And, and if you like coffee, I would challenge you to find find a coffee that you like. Find a small batch roaster. You go down that coffee aisle in a grocery store now. It's mind boggling. It wasn't that way. wasn't that way ten it was years soldiers ago.
1: soldiers, and then Pete's appeared. Yeah. Like
2: yes. uh, maybe one other one, but that was it. You maybe know a I Maxwell mean? House in there. You know, whatever it was, but the the big difference is freshness when you can keep get that coffee and it hasn't been out of the roaster very long by the time it gets to the store shelves and especially if you are you know grind your own whole bean coffee that's the best way to keep it fresh is is buy whole bean try that I, i challenge people try that and see what differences from what you're buying and what you like you know there's a lot of good choices we're I think ours stands up to anybody else's. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I really believe it does. Because I taste, we taste. You know, it's not like I'm not touching anybody else's coffee. You know, you got to taste your you competition. And if you're a coffee lover, go try. You know, try stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I Luke's turned me into a coffee nerd, you know, so. It's
1: crazy, too, that, like, coffee culture. Like you said, like, his wife was a barista, and they met, and they fell in love over coffee. I mean, when I – So I started in EMS like a really long time ago and was not drinking coffee. I was really young when I started. And uh, I went to the night shift and was still like, I'm not going to drink coffee. And then I don't know what happened, but like my first cup of like middle of the night dispatcher coffee was like, put as much sugar and cream (laughs) in this French vanilla coffee from a popular donut company that's local to me, and I'll drink that. And then that's what I would drink. But I wasn't really drinking coffee. I was drinking sugar and cream pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was Um, a dessert. That was a dessert in a cup. Sure. And it kind of got
1: me through those last couple hours to now now where I'm like, I want it black because I want to taste the coffee. I want to taste the beans. Like I want to taste where my beans came from and kind of know the aroma of it all. And we even so we're about to get new rookies on my shift and our last group of rookies, there were three of them and one makes coffee really well. Like there's just no, whatever he does, he does it right and I don't care, just doing it. And he's like, well, what if these new guys don't make coffee as good as me? And I'm like, well, you need to teach them to make coffee as good or you're gonna keep making it. You're not gonna change.
2: Yeah, that's your choices. We,
1: we've kind of upgraded yeah. our coffee a little bit in my in my house on my shift, but we're still not at a, a high high level. Let's say we're at like yeah a, a one step up from that store bought stuff to a better store bought stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so many, so many firehouse. You know, I, I just like to be involved with this company and to know that because I see where we ship to, I see how many firehouses we ship to all over the country, and ship. In fact, we're shipping internationally now, so I see where it goes. I see the five pound uh, large quantities go to some departments that have like, uh, uh a kitty that, that yeah. distributes, maybe the city buys their coffee. And then it goes out to I'll see 30 bags, go to this city, you know, to this one station, they divide it up and to think, you know, cause you, you know, the deal so many firehouse problems and discussions and life issues and all the things we deal with at the station or at home are, are, are discussed, solved and fixed uh you know around that cup of both. coffee in yeah. the morning at a fire station table yeah. and to know that our coffee is at the some of those stations somewhere part of that you know that like that's a big deal to me i talk about that all the time that those those conversations and problems are getting discussed around one of our coffees. That's amazing. That's amazing to me. If it is, because I know what talk goes on at my station in the morning. Exactly.
1: We're solving all the world's problems over that. Oh, yeah, problems, without a Absolutely. doubt in your mind.
2: Like, yeah. you know,
1: and, and even if it's crazy, cause you know, because of technology, they just got like department, just got dispatched on a structure fire. And I'm thinking like, when I come back, even on a hot day, like today, I'll come back from the fire. And the first thing I'm going to do is grab a cup of coffee, like regardless yep. of anything, even if I've had one, Absolutely, the, just like part of my, part of my like ritual, before I go take a shower for my, fl- my friends at Flame Decon, I've already, I've already used wipes on the scene and then I'm going to have a cup of coffee and then I'm going to take a shower. Let's, let's get it all out there now. But that's such yep. an important part. And I think, you know, we do a full recall in my department uh, cause we're three stations. So we recall an entire shift in if there's a fire and uh, the, the early arriving officers and firefighters are upstairs trying to make sure they're getting people staffed. But one of the first jobs a firefighter has once they get their stuff on the rig is get a pot of coffee going. Go in the shifts locker, who's working today, use their coffee because it's their fire, and they're going to feed everyone else now and get that pot of coffee going. So it's such an important part of our our lifeblood, you know.
2: It is. It really is. It is.
1: And and we were fortunate, like I was mentioning at FDIC, you know, where we met, you know, Randy. Again, I, I think I've said this because I've had so many guests from FDIC still going on the show, but it, it is a zoo of people, and Randy was gracious enough to not only leave his booth, which I doubt he did very often at FDIC, but no. he brought us over a craft of his coffee and sat down with Rob and I and talked for about 10 or 15 minutes, um, and it was just a great talk while we were enjoying I think it was the bourbon infused right was it was yeah infused coffee yeah I think it was vanilla
2: vanilla bean bourbon I think I brought over my favorite spirit infused oh, so you know and that's that's that same thing I was just talking about you had so many cool guests and people are gathered around watching and you guys are talking shop and solving problems and and so if my coffee's in there I love it. I yeah, love and awesome. the thing was when we sat down it was just so easy to talk you know you guys have a great show you have a great way about broaching the subjects and so was, man you and i could i think we could have talked for two and a half hours that day if we had the time easily but it's such easy conversation so honored that you would invite me to do this absolutely honored and uh i i, I couldn't wait until we did this so this is awesome
1: it's, it's so exciting too because again there's like an education level to this coffee thing so can you kind of walk me walk me and the guest or the listeners here kind of through the process of it all because you know even how you said luke's origin story of roasting and i have done whole bean um yeah and it does taste 100 percent better it's just that extra you know four minutes of my morning or four minutes of my night or whatever it takes to do that i just don't do it as often as i should let's say Um, but i don't shy away from whole bean i also learned you could smuggle uh like your whole beans into um like Sam's Club or BJ's and use their roaster and then smuggle them back out. No one even notices. <laughs> you, use their grinder. grinder in there. Yeah, you you grinder there. Absolutely. Grinder. Yeah, it's right there by the door. You don't have to go very far in. You don't even you have know? to go into the store because they have the one <laughs> in the coffee aisle, but then they have the one that is literally right by the door. So you just kind of walk in, walk past it, maybe use the restroom, walk back out, grind up your coffee, walk right back out. Nobody cares.
2: Yeah. 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 So you know without you know I, talking like I'm plugging a- anything just like coffee education you know Luke and, and Jake are our, our head roaster um he's a Q grader so Z- Jake's coffee knowledge he comes up with a lot of our roasts and our blends um, you know he could I could lay coffees down single origin coffees from different parts of the world and he will take a drink of that coffee and tell you what bean that is what region it was grown in that's where so so to be around him is is amazing because he's teaching me all the time every time i'm with Jake, he teaches me something but you know, basically you're looking at, you know, how does everybody have a medium roast coffee or, or, or a dark roast coffee, you know, right, everybody has there's millions of them. It, it's basically the blend of the beans, you know, you either have blends, or you have single origins. So in that bag, when I say a blend, it could be beans from this country, this country and this country at let's say Honduras, Brazil, Nicaragua. Um, and they could be at certain ratios, right? So many of this beans, so percentage of this. And then it's your roasting profiles, like how you roast it, length of time, temperature, how you cool it. And then that's what pr- presents that flavor, You know, your recipe and then how you cook it really. And then your single origin coffees, like uh, in our, for instance, we have a coffee of the month club for people that like single origin beans. So it may be, just a hundred percent Nicaraguan or a hundred percent Honduran bean in there, and that's what it is—one hundred percent that coffee, Colombian. And so, people are really interested in trying these com- coffees from all over all over the world, really. And then the tastes and flavors are from those regions, the soil content in those regions, their weather, uh, the climate—you know, what gives those different beans and, and the different flavors and. It's fun to experiment and see what you know a lot of us all have our go to coffee that we like and then just vary a little bit from that find out what's in that blend and then try to go. Try the single origins of that and see if you like it as much I really like some Mexican coffees they're just be they're just what I like. Um, it's so we have all these options here and it's just really opened up my palate to a lot of the different things we can do I really like Jake's taught me. By no means am I a barista. Yeah, I, I shouldn't even say that word. But he's taught me how to, um, you know, make espresso, real espresso, with the right grind and the right, right pressure. And so much goes into it, pressing that water uh, through that through those uh, grounds to get that right flavor. That's not bitter. That's smooth. If you find somebody that can do a nice espresso shot, and you're a coffee lover go try it you know people are try afraid sometimes you know they like coffee but i don't know how to do espresso and i don't know what to ask for go try it try an americano you know those are easy and then just i love that to see people a lot of people i talk to will be like Hey, after talking to you, I went and bought a grinder and all I have is whole bean coffee now. You know, my wife's upset because every morning the grinder fires up and it wakes everybody. It sounds like a jet running in the kitchen, but my coffee is amazing, you know. So those are fun stories to hear. But
1: those are and too, like and how you go make ahead. It too. you know, like the different like you're saying, like I have. So I have a grinder. Oh. I have a French press. I have like a regular coffee machine. Yeah, I have a drip pour over.
2: Four overs. Yeah. Chemex oh, or yeah.
1: yeah. The Chemex. I have the. Oh, yes. Chemex. Oh, yeah. like, dude, during the pandemic, I was, I was just trying anything I could to just keep, you know, yeah. moving forward with everything. And I'm like, well, I may as well try this. And it's cool sometimes to break out the French press because you really, I feel like for me, that is the best cup of coffee. I can physically make myself, you know, like, or like that little elevated level, but there's so many different things that I didn't know about until just recently.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what's fun, you know. For people that are listening and haven't tried some of that stuff, try it. You yeah. know, there's, mil million videos and, and people online showing different methods, and I like a lot of them. I like well, I a lot. Too,
1: of- probably like Luke and Jake. You know, they were just experimenting in their kitchen or at a restaurant that they may have worked at or somewhere as a barista and trying this, and they turned it into, an entire business.
2: Yeah, yeah Um, he came up with, which is really the coffee that built the company, it's what I call it is our medium roast the red bag coffee looks like the looks like the sign behind me. Um, Our medium roast coffee is the coffee that built the company that's the one that the firehouses in the city here started grabbing on his family said that's a good cup of coffee I like that and it just started growing and then inspired him to just keep trying different things and come up with some dark, really dark roasts, some, you know, a light roast and then, and then really their proprietary, the spirit infused coffees, it kind of moved into that, where, you know, we take a green coffee bean and infuse it with whatever alcohol we were using at the time, you know, salted caramel, bourbon, vanilla bean bourbon, Irish whiskey, and then during the roast, the alcohol cooks off very much like cooking with wine. Um, the alcohol cooks off during the heat of the roast and you're, but those notes of the bourbons or, or whiskeys or whatever that spirit is, stay in that cup of coffee. People get a little bit, if they haven't tried that, they're looking at that label spirit infused. I don't want to this Irish coffee. I don't want to taste like a shot of, you know, Jameson necessarily, you know, they might not like that. I mean, I like that, but they might not. And it's like, no, it's really subtle. You can smell it. It fills the, fills the kitchen with the aroma of that spirit. As you get the cup to your nose, you can. You can, you can taste those aromas, uh, smell them, I should say. And then, and it's subtle. It's yeah, really it's, subtle. And it still tastes like, a really, good coffee. Coffee.
1: like a really good Explain cup of coffee with that. It still tastes like a really good cup of coffee yes. like, with that aroma that you're saying, which I didn't even figure out until you just said that.
2: Yeah. Some of the retail, we just, we're just moving into some, some Kroger stores. Uh, I think we posted that on our website down South we're moving into, I think, I think uh, 200 Kroger stores initially with our spirit-infused, so that that type of you know uh, little fancier, different type of coffee that, that coffee lovers are looking for to try different things it's becoming popular. So they picked us up um, in in those stores, and we hope that that just keeps growing. We think it is. We Which think is it's awesome going to just keep.
1: Because again, in that coffee culture, you guys have grown out of the fire department culture and yeah. are bringing our culture into like coffee snobs, for lack of a better term. I yeah. Guess.
2: And 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 we get that a lot of times, you know, with our name, with fire department coffee, people are like, you really firemen?" Yeah, there's a ton of us. There is a ton of us that are either full-time career or some volunteer. Some like me have been both. You know, I did six years as a volunteer fireman. I joined our our department in my little town. At as a senior in high school, and at 24, I got hired by Rockford Fire. You know, I just fell in love with that job and thought, man, if I can make this a career somehow. I was that kid Pip that didn't know what he was going to do. Gotcha. You know, to go off on another little tangent, but but uh, these are so, the so we are still want to hear. We're still a ton of firefighters that run the company and, and paramedics and veterans. We have a ton of veterans uh, on staff, too. So it's it's legit. It's as legit as we can possibly be. And we'll stay true to those roots. It's how we built it. And it's what works. But oh, so So anyway, back to that kid, I was that kid as a senior didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I got recruited to play some D3 football at some schools around. My dad worked in a factory. I didn't know we were poor growing up. I didn't feel that. But as I look back at now as an adult, um, we were differently. Yep. Yeah. You realize what my, what my father and mother were trying to do on an income that they were with two kids and a, and a house payment, you know, in a small town, I was a C minus student. So they wanted me to come play football at these private D threes that were at that time, 40 grand a year. My dad couldn't afford that. And D threes, I wasn't going to get any scholarship money. It was going to be academic grants, right? It's funny how that works. Cause the better athlete you are, the bigger your, your, your academic grants are, but we can't give you any money for sports. Right. It's not for, sports, so, for your academics. So yeah. so this buddy of mine says to me, we're seniors. And he says, Hey, the fire department in town, the volunteer department, I'm in a town of 3000 in a rural area in Northern Illinois. And He says, they're really hurting, I'm going to join. He knew he was going to be on the, and he was talking about fire trucks when we were nine years old, nonstop. So he took me and another kid and we, I said, yeah, that sounds great. He said, I think they're going to let us leave school to go on calls. And I'm like, well, you got me now, now I'm locked in. I can leave to go on calls, whatever it is, I'll sign up. So we go down to the principal's office the day we're going to pitch this and Mr. Marshall, uh, rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago, but I, I spoke to his wife about this when he was sick and I told him when he was still alive, but he gets up and he closes his door and he says, no, what do you guys want to talk to me about? And our spokesman, Rob Huff says, uh, Hey, we want to join the volunteer fire department in town. And we'd like to be able to leave school and go help. Uh, if, if you would allow us to do that. And he looked at us and this is back in the day, well, let me, you know, guys our age know, but back in the day, a teacher might grab a hold of you or might have yeah. a stern word. It could be, you know, could be. And, and he, he, he said to us, he said, there's no honorable, no more honorable duty than your civic duty to your community. But if I catch you guys jacking around after those calls and not coming back to class, you're there'll be hell to pay, you know, and he was a guy that was serious like that. And so he gave us that push toward it. We joined, started going to drills. Obviously we weren't, we would go up to the station when the guys were on calls and we would sweep the bays out and empty the trash. That's what we did. Now we started going to night drills and after six or eight months when we knew just enough to get us in trouble, we could go on calls and the old guys would keep us safe and under their wings. We weren't doing anything. It was a good department to learn on. But at the end of this story, I end up Rockford Fire, full-time fire department. I'll, I'm in my 24th year there. I've held multiple titles here. I love it. Rob Huff is the chief in that town that we oh, nice. joined when we were 18. And Jason Clark, the other person next to me, is a sheriff's detective in the county that we still all live in and that where that department started. So Mr. Marshall had a huge effect on the three young men who, um, to, to explore a career in public service and it changed all our lives. That one moment in his office, you know. Which is so I wasn't, cool. Yeah. You,
1: you didn't go but. into his office for that life-changing moment. You went in that no. office of class, like like No. And he, though, he provided you with the tools you needed for that life-changing moment. And he gave you just enough. It's kind of like they say, like enough rope to hang yourself with in a way, but just enough push to be like, you can do this, but be serious about it. And, yep. Those are the type of mentors that I feel like in life, everyone needs, and they need to continue to have them throughout their lives.
2: And, and once we're exposed to those, Pip, now I feel like it's our job to, to when, you know, you have those people in your life. I, I've been around you enough and talked to you enough to know that. Once I have that experience, uh, we, now we are the stewards of that and to pass it on and to not skip those moments that we have to impact someone. And what's funny about that is I talk about it quite a bit in different rules that I'm in, but it's not, it's not my job to determine whether they get that the way I'm, you know, trying to give yeah. it to them. It's to just I continue to give it every opportunity I can. And how they receive it is on them. It can't be on me. Yeah. I can't force somebody to receive it. And I don't know when it's gonna happen. Might not be this time, might not be the next time, but one of those times we're gonna reach somebody. And and uh I think it's just our role in this career that we have. You know, when we take that oath before God and man to serve, I don't believe it just means when we have our uniform on. And obviously, because we're in these roles now still doing that, we feel that way. Not not everybody has to feel that way. That's okay. But I think it's my role to serve some way, not just when we have our uniform on.
1: You know, and, at all those just opportunities. Just a better way to live your life, you know. And I'm and again, like you said, you're not out there uh, prophesizing or soapboxing this. It's when you have that no. moment to be able to do that. Just again, like Mr. Marshall did, and it's crazy because you're telling that story, and I, I could see you guys walking out of there like high-fiving, like yes, oh yeah, in the firehouse. Oh like, yeah. I wish I had that idea when I was in high school. Like I wish I could have figured out a way to, to to get that to happen. But it makes me think. So my older son Finn is 13. He's going into eighth grade. Uh, when Where we are, they do middle school that starts at fifth grade. And it's crazy. I did not plan on bringing up the pandemic this many times in this episode. But his fifth grade year was that pandemic year. And we went to the middle school for his orientation. And there's a female principal and a male vice principal. And the male vice principal spoke, they both spoke, but when the male vice, he does more of the disciplining, I believe he's a little, he's a bit hardcore as we've learned since uh, in our time at the middle school because now Finn's in eighth grade. But he said, "I I wanna be all of your friends. So let's be friends together and stay like on my good side kind of like, let's not not be friends. We're starting out as friends today. Let's continue to be friends. So when you leave here, we're friends. And I remember asking Finn, I was like, Finn, did you get what, what he was saying that day at orientation? And he's like, Yeah, don't mess around. <laughs> like, don't don't be stupid. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna lay down the hammer if you're stupid. He wants you to be his friend, not, yeah. not and it's those kind of lessons that Finn still takes. And now he's telling my younger son is going to that school in fifth grade, and uh I just don't see the two of them
2: having the same relationship as his older brother did. That's amazing that the two two kids can be so I have the same thing, you know. Yeah, my I have two daughters and they are just, I went into that and maybe you did the same thing. You bring that up, but I think that's funny. I, like I had my kids and I thought, okay, I'm just going to raise them exactly the same way. I'm going to discipline them exactly the same way. They're, everything's going to be, and it's like, oh my word, what a moron. They're to- two totally different kids. I can't manage either one of them the same. It's like so. It kind of reminds me what I oh, story okay. I tell about my daughters.
1: Parenting that. 101. You're like, ah, kid two. I did it with kid one. This will be easy. And you totally forget that when you're parenting kid two kid one is still there so now oh God, yes let me let me deal with you on my leg while i'm holding you because you can't even hold your head up, but i'm trying to hold your yeah. butt but the other one's hitting yep. me, and biting me i was like this this is my life now this is how my life is Yep, be.
2: that's it that's so but funny it, it
1: to it it flips back to what you were saying before about learning all those lessons just like you had said luke had learned in the coffee business you know and sometimes you learn them twice because you don't learn them the first time yep but you have to be able to learn that and you have to be able to move on. Like nothing is without a challenge, right?
2: Yeah, he's taught me so much in the business side of, you know, sometimes I'll look at things, why? Why would we do? And then, you, and then he explains it and it's like, oh, man, I forget this guy's been doing this. He's way better at this than me. He's been doing it so much longer. He, you know, he eats and lives and breathes this every single day. I just got to trust him. Just trust him you know
1: did he have more time on the job than you when you started working for him or was it no
2: he it's a, uh, there's a funny story there too pip as i as i so we're at ladder 5 and i'm i was driving ladder 5 at the time and i had these young guys underneath me and so Luke's younger than me and doesn't didn't have as much he retired he had to retire cuz the business got so big so he left about a little year year and a half ago i think he left after 11 years but i remember taking Luke you know i'm the i know i'm the smart guy you know on, on the company and i we're sitting on the bumper uh, of uh ladder five and i'm like hey i see your company's growing i get it i said but dude you got to get to 20 years you'll have earned you know your pension there at, at 20 you got to get to 20 your tent you're halfway there um and i explained to him what that 20 said, you so won't collect then at, at 44 but when you get to 50 you'll have some some you know solid something solid to fall back on no matter what happens with this coffee business you'll be good to go you'll have a you know way to provide at least housing for the rest of your life you know and then after like a year and a half i grabbed him on the bumper again i said hey remember all that stuff i told you a year and a half ago forget it yeah i think you can do it if you want kid i think <laughs> i think uh, <laughs> yeah i think you're i think you're in a pretty good spot now but i appreciate you listening to me be free Fly, you go know. run, go run. But, you can do but it. it <laughs> was, you know, he took a year of leave of absence. You know, be, you know how it is. Being a firefighter, it's in your blood. And he's a vet and a firefighter and started this company. And it all means a, a lot to him. He's got a big heart, and uh, I see it every day. And so it was hard for him. You know, we we had some long discussions. He went on a year leave of absence to see if he really wanted to do this. If he, but it became too much. You know, you're talking. Uh, he's got 300 it's emails a day, yeah. you know, it's just, you can't manage it. He's a family man. He's a great family man. Uh, and uh, with Kate and the kids, it was just something had to go. Something had to go, you know, and, and then, families first, this business was so big, uh, you know, the career had to, you know, his second career, I should say, they, they, they switched spots, yeah. you know, exactly is what happened. His part-time gig became his full-time career and something had to give. You know,
1: and that gets to a part two where in, in our career as firefighters, like if you're not giving 110% every day, that becomes a problem for
2: a lot of reasons we can just say. And that's it not like it really knew that. does. Yeah, it really does. He didn't want it to get that way. You know, I can't devote what I need to when I'm here, you know, to be, it's not something you just want to be half cocked at, you know, I know exactly what you're saying.
1: It's always that interesting thing too, because I did it when I first got hired, you know, you get paid nothing when you first get hired and it's still that way, even though it's more, I just just actually told our last rookies what my starting salary was and they were like, how did you live? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. How did I live? But I hustled. I I still worked EMS and I still did all that. And then I got comfortable and was like, "Ah, I don't have to work EMS as much. And I still got bored. So I started Still working EMS a lot and then doing other things because that hustle is kind of real. It's kind of people we all are, I
2: think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And I love that part of the fire service is that, you know, I work with guys who have so much different hustling going on, whether it be you know, they think they do roofs or they work on an ambulance or they have a podcast or, you know, you name it, we have it, or they're uh, on a coffee company. You know, it's so yeah. cool to be able to see all those different things all while still being a firefighter.
2: Yep. Yep. Same thing you know, plumbers, electricians, guys I've used, drywallers, had a guy frame my basement up for me. I used, I was the roof guy. I did roofs for oh, several yeah, right, years. Yeah. I, yeah. That's I'm the worst that. guy to be. Don't, yeah, be, yeah. A, don't, don't be, be the it. roof guy. No. No.
1: I don't want to go on roofs. Ever. I don't want to go on my own. Roof. I don't want to go on roofs. I ride on a truck and I don't want to go on roofs ever if I don't have to.
2: Yeah. Type of a thing. I pick... I picked the one trade growing up that you would never want to do you don't want to do it you know i barely wanted to do it then why did you know i could do that 48 years old
1: it's funny because coming from ems like i'm the ems guy in my department like you know i've I've, i'm actually i became a paramedic so that was another thing but my wife is a physician assistant so we're literally like the fire department you know like emergency call i was like your copay will be ten dollars like i got a guy in my shift i think he owes me at least a hundred dollars in copay by this point. Like, yeah, like, we pay almost, my mess, pay my be, mess, everything. Yeah, I am like, like, whenever the phone rings, I'm like, "Who's hurt and what do you need?" Like, yeah, if it's FaceTiming, I usually know that means he's going right to the emergency room. I'm like, just get in the car, take the kid to the ER because I can't fix this via a FaceTime. Yeah. but you have those yeah. different things, and and I love that part of the fire service. You know, just that that growth, and I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but fire department coffee is sort of run like a fire house in a way.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There. They, so I, I'm considered an executive in the company and my title, I, I tell everybody, director of brand relations, that's what's on my business card. That's fancy. I like it. But fancy. guess what? That guy that prints your business cards will put whatever you want on there as long as you pay him, right? So you know what I do? I, I, I'm the jack of all trades. Whatever needs to be done. We're still a small operation as far as manpower and on-site here. Um, Within the last two years, we moved, our entire operation was in 3,500 square feet. Now that 3,500 square building is just our grocery and our warehouse and distribution is in 35,000 square square feet. Okay. So, yes, so, but we're still, as, as far as number of employees, we're not that big. And so it is like the firehouse. Guess what, When when it's time to work, when something has to be done, we'll all get dirty. All, all mop bathrooms, whatever needs to be done, you know. And, and when you do that, just like at the firehouse, when you do that and, and your your employees see that, that you're willing to come grind with them or ship packages again when you haven't done it in, you know, four years, but you'll try and screw it all up until they tell I, you, go away, Randy, you're throwing things up, you're screwing us up here.
1: F it up, when I they, can guarantee you F it up when you go <laughs> jumping and doing it. <laughs>
2: Well, this is how this is how we i, I do the old guy that's how we used to do it that's how we used to do it you know you wouldn't know what it was but, like yeah but it's just like at the station when your crew sees you leading that way they're going to step in behind you and and when and when something like that has to be done and we help each other out um it you can see it, it it's a, it keeps them working hard they appreciate it you know we're a team we're and a team it-
1: that that's the true team nature of what you see in a business that su- succeeds is when everybody's kind of still getting their hands involved in everything when they need to. But it's like you said, you're not going in there and telling them like, no, this is how you ship.
2: Because, no. how
1: you it because it's you know it's so different.
2: Yeah, usually I just get frustrated and I look, I said, Do you remember when I used to know how to do this? Do you remember that? And uh, they helped me out, but
1: I think, too, on that small business end, and, and I just know this from you know the 555 end of things when I used to ship things, but what people don't realize is that your shipping is dependent on so many other factors that are out of your control, like the postal service and how their system works, how oh, yeah. your internal, whichever uh, e-commerce platform you choose to use for your business, and then they change every week sometimes, so it's always changing.
2: Oh, yes, I've seen around the holidays is when I start to see really uh, weird things happening. I've seen shipping rates change in the middle of the day during so they're adjusting something off peak times and yeah. you know it's, it's like it, It's hard to quote shipping uh, and, and, and you know we're consumers, you and me are consumers. I hate paying shipping. I hate it. So but there's shipping? just no way around it. There's no way around it, you know. Uh, yeah.
1: And even that packaging, you know, no one thinks about that. I remember early on with 555, we're like, we're going to do gym bags. And we were all hot and we got them. They all got shipped and we got them screened really well and everything was great. And, you know, we put them for sale and we sold a whole bunch of them. And then I put it on the scale and was like, how did we forget that gym bags weigh more than a (laughs) t-shirt? so our profit margin just went from there like, goes your
2: margins like there <laughs> go your margins
1: until like we're me. like literally i'm like it's like 3 a.m i'm shipping and cursing at myself the entire time that how <laughs> by not upping
2: it sold so well but i didn't make any money on them You're but right.
1: they sold so well they sold so well people are like do more bags <laughs> i'm like i'm good we're not doing more bags ever again no thank you it was a great plan <laughs> If you have one that's a 555 gym bag like I do, you're an OG because there weren't many of them sold. And that's there's the secret. But it's the same thing with you guys where like, you know, shipping containers, you know, and and what you ship your coffee in and how it keeps it fresh. I mean, I I think you've made a few changes in that, too, if I remember over time. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Packaging is all we're always looking at, you know, and that's the thing uh, I would. You know if there's any small business and i know some of the guys listening to your show that run in their side hustle and if it involves shipping and packaging constantly look constantly look at how the rates are being uh, fluctuating you know one of the best things i can give you know without giving too much away is order something from your competition yeah order something from your competition and and, and see how it's being packaged see how it's being shipped see what You know, what box, what package, what container are they using? Is there a way you can cut a cost? You know, it's just just uh, that's just good business tactics. Right. And and see if you can learn something. You know, it's so
1: funny, too, because when we talk business and and it's crazy because we didn't think this would turn into a business podcast. But the size up talks a lot of business. It seems. Yeah. But those are such things that, you know, uh, Coke and uh Pepsi were tasting each other's product for years trying to figure exactly. out exactly like. you're not doing anything wrong, you're just no. make the
2: business. It feels better. weird. It yeah, feels it, weird sometimes. Packages come here. I'm like, you know, looking at it. who are oh oh this is just uh Research, research package,
1: r and D, R and d But you do that. And it does feel weird, because you're like, man, I'm like, I don't want to put anybody else out. But I want to learn what they're doing, because maybe yeah. I'm doing something better. And it's even I think when another- you start
2: thinking you're the only one with good ideas. That's when you, you're not, you're not. None of us are that smart. None. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people with good ideas. See what you can learn from them.
1: Yeah, I mean, those good ideas are what makes the world go round. And again, at a place like FTIC, it is just like an idea treasure trove. Like Oh,
2: it is. Especially it when, is. when we
1: were sitting up on that, doing the morning show with Rob and I for a couple of hours, people were throwing ideas and guests at us so quick that I was like, I can't keep up. My little notepad was like <laughs> scribbling and I can't read half the things I wrote because I'm like, I don't know what that guy said. <laughs> yeah and we lost that audio so i'm like i can't even go back and listen to be like that guy said something right. cool i know he did because you can see me like right but i have no idea what i wrote or what i said or anything like that
2: you know what we should play that and let your audience like ad-lib what the words are like they do on like some of the tiktok videos where they're putting somebody else's oh, words seven you it. didn't
1: hear that randy had bad idea don't listen to that
2: yeah you know what uh, we shouldn't do that i we wouldn't be able to play it anywhere i know what it would be I know forget that we wouldn't be able to play it so it's, it's a
1: it's a really good transition though into something you guys do I would say hands down better than any other company out there almost but is your social media and mm-hmm. your work with, with uh with uh, Jason and firefighter Fenton and everybody else on your team <laughs> with these just great videos so how did that even jump into the play without giving away the secret sauce again
2: oh no so so I, and I was watching Jason stuff years ago when he was speaking with a really bad Australian accent and he was doing that stuff at the station. And I think that's about the same time that Luke had recognized that Jason was pretty funny and he had this growing audience. And and, you know, so he reached out. Luke Luke had a is kind of a visionary in many different ways where he sees something and isn't afraid to reach out. And I think they had a conversation as Jason as Jason, you know, how cut and dry he is with everything. He says, you know, Luke calls me up and says, "Hey, you want to be? Would you mind doing some stuff with my coffee company?" And Jason's like, "Yeah, well, I need to see if your coffee sucks or not before I put my name and face on it, you know." So I think that's probably knowing Jason and spending as much time as we spend and talk every day. That's probably exactly how it went. I would
1: say, I would say so. I know him well enough to say. That.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so, and so that you know the relationship was born, and and uh, that was it, and they started. You know, Luke saw that being a DTC company, <clears throat> pardon me, okay. direct to consumer econ business, who's responsible for your own marketing? You know, you are. Yep. Nobody, nobody else is, you're not in retail yet. You're not you're not anywhere. So nobody's doing any marketing for you. So how are we gonna do it? We started to see Luke knew that you know, people are accessing accessing everything and getting all their information like we've seen through their phones. And so I need I need to build an audience. Maybe I can do it with Jason. He's pretty funny. I like his content. You know, our goal, we're very strategic with everything we do now. We're not going to be that edgy stuff. There's enough edgy stuff out there. Our biggest compliment is when guys come up and say, Hey, I watch your stuff. Like at FDIC, you'll get guys and their kids. I can watch my stuff with my kids and we laugh together about firehouse antics. And that's like the biggest compliment you can give me. There's enough, all of us, there's enough edgy stuff out there. We don't have to do that. If I couldn't watch it with my daughters, I wouldn't do it, you know? So and I think that's I think are,
1: it's it's the comments that get the edgy stuff. Like, they put the edgy stuff out there to get the comments, which gets you the interactions, but you still it don't does. Know that, right? I don't need to yeah. do that. We, we even just yeah. talked about it with National Fire Radio recently in a little, little round table we were having. And I'm like, we're all, I'd say, I, we were all like, we still don't need to go down that road, you know? No. And with Jason, I do love that you said he's pretty funny, because I do agree he's pretty funny. He's not really funny. He's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, he watches me. I- I had him on the podcast, and uh, I was making I was making the the JPEG for to promote the podcast. And my Finn is sitting next to me, and he's like, "Yo, Dad, you know that guy? He's hysterical. I watch him online all the time with his funny firefighter jokes." And I'm like,
2: "Oh my god!" I
1: was like, "I can't." No, believe- it's
2: nuts. I can't you believe you got to see us trying to travel. You know, we travel a lot together, going to different events and airports, gas stations, you know, grocery stores, you know. And it's no. not just
1: firefighters, you know. He's reached out because of the way that he kind of portrays us in 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 his comedic ways, his pretty funny ways. You know, other people recognize him because he's just so recognizable. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, he, he is. He, it's a great, you know. And when you put yourself out, we all know. You know, I'm not out there as much as him and Fenton, but me and Natalie are in a lot of stuff, and a lot of guys that work here. Some of the other characters and the stuff we do, the small TikTok stuff on our page on Instagram videos are just guys I grab here, they're shipping them, I'm like, hey, you got to come, you got to come spray me with a fire extinguisher or whatever, we're, whatever we're doing. Um, we all know you put yourself out there, you're going to get it, you, you know, you're out there. But to us, the positive remarks we get um, completely, uh, it's not even close, they completely outweigh uh, the negative ones. And, and even, it doesn't even have to be volumes of comments. If it's a guy and his kid and they watch our videos and they have that around our videos and laugh worth it, hundred percent worth all the negative stuff, you know? Um,
1: you guys so, definitely had the, that's most- the way we approach it. You had the most kids at your booth at FDIC. Every time I walk by, there were kids there because of yeah. and Jason, which is is just amazing. And you know to speak to what they do, and and when you really know them, you know even when Jason was on on the episode of the Size Up, it was for cancer detection because he works with Detect Together, and we yeah. had a whole thing about that. And and you realize that he does so much more. And I think it that's is. Else, that's a big part of your
2: company too, right? Is giving back. It's a, and how you do it's that. a huge part. Each one of us have our our uh, little passion projects that the success of the company allows us to delve into it all, it all comes from the success of the company. You know, Jason speaks on mental health and wellness on cancer prevention uh, and we don't, he doesn't go out there in the front and, and, and preach that, but he's very active in it yes. and will take the time to always support that stuff. Um, it'll, it'll, the, we have a, we have a project going with, a. Uh, um, humanitarian aid truck that we just had from Rosenbauer built for us. You know, I approached them a year ago at FDIC. It's been on my heart. We ship coffee all over the country to people that are reaching out. Sometimes it's fire departments that have a bad disaster or flooding or in like in Florida last year or a big wildfire. Guys, hey, can you send some? We'll just send it to them, send it to the station for the guys. You know, I said, I've always wanted to do more. I, I would like to send like hands and feet. You know, I'd like to send something quantifiable to those guys to know we got their back. So I approached, I've been thinking about it for years. I asked Luke, would you let me run with this? And he's like, yeah. So we had a couple meetings on it and I approached Rosenbauer and they took it and said, you know what, I think we need to take a peek at this. And, and they called me four months later and said, Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build you out a truck. And we're going to put that equipment you want: commercial coffee brewers, refrigerators, a washer and dryer. So if that community, if those people are climbing out of their basements and all they have is the clothes on their back, not only can I give them clean clothes to get into, I can wash their clothes right there, hand them back to them. You know, food, um, a wireless hotspot. Our goal is to make this truck have be the Wi-Fi for that community if they don't have power and don't have cable, lost their communication. I've got like a 60 kilowatt generator around there. I can power a small town almost, um, a lot of other equipment deployed logics hooked me up with some portable shelters, I can pop out and in a minute have a shelter up to get people out of weather, get them dried off towels blankets, a lot of that, a lot of that simple stuff. So that was my, you know, it's been on my heart it's been something I've always wanted to do that happens because of the company, you know, um, Natalie Fenton, everybody way here than,
1: way more than a passion project, is what you did though. Like yeah, it, 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 you know, disasters, you know. It, it, project is like yeah, I sent yeah. some
2: letters to yeah. someone, like you, you yeah. went way beyond that. Well, uh, so many same thing, so many people have to come together. That doesn't just happen on somebody's idea, that's right. a whole line of things, people buying in and saying we want to support that, you know. So kudos to everybody involved with that. It's too many people to list. But so I you know, that's just, at
1: FDIC, but I didn't really get to see it because we were we were involved with some other stuff at that time. Um, but has it gone anywhere yet or no? Because I don't remember
2: well we just local small stuff. I gotta have some work. There's a couple things I need to get taken care of, and there's more equipment that's going on it. Um but I've actually people have asked me, well, how are you going to deploy this? And one, one of the agencies that I actually went and spoke with is because I'm so close to Chicago is I went to the north branch of Team Rubicon okay. and that's just you know right in Chicago. So I drove in there, have a couple of friends, the acquaintances, now they're friends. And we sat down and said, look, I have this resource. I'm not going to try to rewrite disaster response, right? I, I, that's not, yeah. I brought some people together and this project happened. I want to offer it as a resource when you're deployed and you see that it fits. If it, it's not going to fit everything, you know, it's not going to fit a single family structure fire and it's not going to fit the Canadian wildfires. It's going to fit some resource, you know, some uh, emergencies in here. Like, yep. Yeah. And when you see that that is a resource you'll need, you call and if it's available, I'm going to point it to you. So that's how that was our initial talk. And we've talked since then and they took it out to headquarters in L.A. and L.A. like the idea. We're just going to see how it goes. My goal is to have to see this get supported so in such a big way, you know, and that, that there's one all over the country, that there's one north, south, east, and west that can respond. I see it in rural areas that don't have the support that the cities do. Um, it's storm season where I'm at. yeah, And so we still, small towns get decimated, and they need some support, you know.
1: So. Listen, we, we, we and I'm in a city on the northeast, and during Hurricane Sandy, we needed all the help we could get from wherever we could get it because it was like beyond any of our scopes that we ever thought of. You know, we, we it through is. some storms, but then you have something that is just beyond your scope. And I feel like what you're saying with a smaller town, you know, you have more of those opportunities, but you never know, you know, having- you Saturday, never know. Or in Hurricane Sandy, having a warm cup of coffee was happy. I was oh, happy yeah, member at that point when I got that finally.
2: You, you've been there and every first responder that's li- that listens to this has been there. We, we have everything we need to mitigate the emergency we're called to. We're the best trained, we have the best equipment in the world as firefighters in, in the United States. And then sometimes I'm at a scene and I do a 180 and I look behind me and I don't have a chair for, a, for an elderly lady yeah. who's soaking wet or a blanket to give her. I don't have a way to get her out of weather. I don't have something warm for her to drink she's hold that person's holding two pets by the collar and i don't have a leash their house is in the basement i don't have a leash to hand them you know and that's all stuff that's on this truck stuff for pets it's it's like it it, what's cool about it as we delved into it and i reached out a lot of people that work in emergency management when people lose their basic needs their needs stay basic their needs stay basic. It's on a really cool vessel that's delivering these these simple things, but it's really just simple stuff that people need in that time, you know. And sometimes we don't have
1: it. It's so amazing too, because as you spend your your time in the fire service, you know, and I'm I'm right around you. I got hired in '04. Um, you start to see things more. And you start to see those basic needs, like getting someone that dog leash because they're holding their dog because they yes. in the house. And you're like, I could send a guy in there. And I'm so I ride on the car a lot now. Um, my, my chief had surgery, so I ride in the car all the time. But I had a fire not too long ago. And early on in the fire, people were like, there's an elderly lady in the house next door, should we get her out? And I was like, yeah, get her out. Just, it, it, it was early and it was just a good time to get her out. So, you know, we go about doing our thing for however long I'm there, I couldn't even tell you, but it was probably only like 30 minutes later we knocked down the fire and I started looking around and I'm like, where'd that old lady go? Like I saw them getting her out of the house but now I'm like, it's hot as anything outside. She could a hundred percent go back in her house and I'm like, where'd she go? And I'm like running around looking for the people that got her out. And I was like, hey, uh, I was like your abuela. They were, they were Hispanic. I'm like, your abuela, where'd she go? And they're like, oh, no, we brought her to my cousin's house. She's good. And I'm like, oh, she can totally come back now. But I yeah. forgot. Like I had so many other things going
2: on. But then I remembered again. And I'm like, I'm a dick. I forgot about that old lady. I should try to help her more. <laughs> but you, we get, that's just what happens. We get, you know, we're mitigating. And sometimes we don't have that, you know, we just lose sight of some of that stuff. Yep. So it's just that's like just what that it. project you see yeah. that
1: coupling leak and tighten up the coupling, or pull it outside of the house because you're just adding yeah. more water, adding more damage that is unnecessary. Um, yeah. A guest that I had on Pelakim, uh, and said one time she she saw a pack of diapers, so she threw the diaper around the coupling because they couldn't get it to stop leaking, just so it wouldn't ruin the floors. And I'm like, all right, that's a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is a good I was one. Like, if you
1: had the time, like, why not throw throw a diaper Absolutely. on there I it anymore? Um, but those are such good things. And to know you guys have that truck and, and that project is just moving on, you know, is even better.
2: Yeah. We get, I just, uh, the customer service is funny. Cause like I, I talked about customer service. I got three ladies out here that, that answer the phones and try to handle every problem through normal business. Sometimes we're, you know, we're successful at guys problems. Sometimes we're not, you know uh, but we'll try to make it, we'll try to make it better. But, they're getting phone calls and requests. Hey, we saw the article about the truck. Can we, you know, is there, can you use more blankets? Is there stuff we can send? And it's like, I love that buying it. Everything on that truck, other than Rosenbauer, you know, Rosenbauer built that truck. I never signed a piece of paper. I may be the only one in the country who had a fire truck built. Uh, and and to, to say this, I, I, gotta, I gotta say this the right way. What it was was a, uh, commercial cab, uh, a custom cab that they used in the factory to mount pumps on and do pump testing. So it was built not. And the reason I say that is with lead times with apparatus right now, there's probably some towns that have been waiting for their truck from so just to keep everything square, they built me out, it was a rolling chassis. So we built the cabinets the way I needed them for the equipment and wired it up with everything the way I needed it. But all the other equipment on that truck has been donated. That's so it's awesome. been donated.
1: It sounds like you're in and, a like, you need when to people start store
2: buying store. in, like yeah, like that. That's it, makes them part of the project, and that was my goal. Let's make these partners part of this, give them some buy in, you know, and see where we go with it, you know.
1: Yeah, so, and it just keeps growing because you never know when you may need that in your community, you know, and if you, you have the ability to, to pass it on, why not? And I know what I didn't know in the past was like how Illinois gets ravaged with storms sometimes, Oh, weather events. Uh,
2: yeah, just recently within the last six months or year, they've said Tornado Alley has kind of moved east and it comes kind of right up through Illinois now. And I've noticed that we've had, Fairdale tornado was about 10 miles from where I live, from my house, uh, there was a fatality there. We've had some, Edwardsville, Illinois got blasted. So it's, uh, I don't know, I'm living in Illinois in Tornado Alley, I think worth- that's what, uh, yeah.
1: We're getting tornadoes in New Jersey, New Jersey and PA. I'm right on the border where I live is is really close to the border of PA. And I think we've had four tornadoes in the past three years, like hard, not tornado alley size, but enough that, you know, houses, roofs came off, oh, yeah. you know, a whole block was was hit with one of them. And if you told me again, you told that kid, a that 25-year-old kid when I got hired, like, you may respond to a tornado. I'd be like, I don't live in Idaho, man. This is New Jersey. <laughs> what are you talking about? Kansas? I'm long way from Kansas. Long way from Kansas here in New Jersey. We're, we don't have those. But having that ability to be prepared for everything is, is something we do. And it, it sounds like you guys have that same mantra. So it's awesome.
2: Just trying trying to throw everything on there that we can that somebody might need it's just that human it's that humanitarian support right where. You just get there and i'm not changing that incident with a blanket or a cup of coffee, but i'm laying a little bit of humanity on someone trying to save their dignity and let them know. we're here people care about and it's not going to be just me driving all over the country we're going to send this out and have you know I don't know how this all works, but we have some guys ready to go but just letting people know hey you're gonna get through this yeah you're not alone and and we'll we'll, let's get something started here you know
1: it's such a great feeling it's just like when you know you have a big event and someone drops off food at the firehouse and you're like you're doing the same thing but in reverse
2: exactly that's exactly what it is pip it's that same feeling letting people know you ain't alone you're not in this all by yourself and so, we've done that as well, where
1: we've had the folks come into the firehouse because, you know, it was cold where the fire was, and it's just an easy place to get to where we are. And then if someone's dropping off food, we're giving it to them and sharing with them. And it's just, it's that ball of, like, goodness is the easiest way to put it. You know, that snowball of goodness. You just keep going in a bit. Yeah. And like you said, you're not solving yeah. any of the problems. You're no. not mitigating any of the problems. You're just providing some help right then and there. And
2: that's yeah, that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, listen, I man, appreciate you. This has been a great hour and we can keep talking forever, like you said before, but you know, I like to keep these around an hour cause it seems like time, time and things. And we always can go again, cause I'm, I'm excited to do part twos um, with some folks and you're definitely on that list, but I gotta wait a while cause I can't just bring Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I'm not it. that exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Next time we could bring everybody in though. I feel like I could just oh on, yeah, like everybody wears a name tag and I just call on like the, the Brady Bunch window. It would be like,
2: that'd be fun. Because there's probably Jason so and many and Natalie in the mix. There's a kidding. lot of fun when we get together.
1: Maybe Fenn, but not Jason. He's already been on the show. Right yeah,
2: he, I agree. He's
1: I been agree. twice because we did a workout together a while ago live. So he's got enough going on, man. We're, we're good.
2: Yeah.
1: But what yeah. I do like to do is, is the size up 10, you know, the 10 questions. All just right. to, You know, see if I can't stump you or have some fun. Uh, we try all to go rapid fire, but that never happens. It hasn't happened. All right. Uh, so we'll see where we're at.
2: All right. All right. Bro, hold on. Let me. Oh, hold yeah. Bye. Get my rally kit. All right. For the, I feel listener, the pressure.
1: For the listeners in the car, Randy just turned his hat around. And it's, <laughs> it's like a switch. Now he's ready to go, just like Stallone said it over the top.
2: It's getting serious now. That's it's getting it. serious. That's
1: it. All right, here we go. Beach or mountains. Beach. A night out or a night in. A night in. Good book or a good movie? Good movie. Everybody likes the movies. Cross country road trip. Who's your co-pilot?
2: My wife Shreese
1: Nice, nice. That's that's always a good answer, safe answer I should say. Do you make your bed every day? No, sir. <laughs> At least you're honest. One million dollars, or go back to eighteen in Mister Marshall's office with a redo.
2: Redo. Give me the right. redo. You're taking the redo. All right, all right.
1: I like. I, um, it. Highways or back roads?
2: Back roads. Nice.
1: Bucket list place to visit? Australia. I'm going next year. Going? For Are Christmas. you really? I, I be- we're, we're trying. It's the plan. We're going for Christmas next year. I'll let you know how it is. Yes. Football or football? Football. Definitely football. Well, you did play, so I'll yes. give you that one. All right, number 10. Best advice you could give to your younger self
2: right now? Oh... Be kind, be kind to people always, always love, be kind. Love you. Know?
1: Such a great message. Such a great message to finish out too, because it's just that simple, right? Just be kind.
2: It is. It is. It's, be kind, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it hey man, mind. I try. You no, know, no. Sometimes it's hard. Be, be kind, even when it's hard. Even yeah, when I it's like
1: hard. That. I like that even better. So, listen, Randy, this has been a great hour of podcasting. Can you tell the folks where they can find you just in case they don't know where they can find Fire Department Coffee?
2: Yeah, uh online. Well, we have a we have a retailer finder on our website, but that's firedeptcoffee.com. You can see if we're in one of the retailers around you, and if we're not real close yet, you can order we're working real hard to be real close to everybody that's listening. So we appreciate one last word. Like if you are a customer or drink our coffee, we appreciate you so much. You're the, you're the most loyal customers. You allow all this to happen. All these things we got going and uh, you'll always be a big part of what we're doing. We appreciate you. It's
1: so great, man. You love the end user, right? And that that's what makes your company is the end user because you make the good coffee. They keep using it and using it and telling their friends and growing. And, and that's it. And yeah.
2: 100%. Yeah, we've been so blessed. Been so blessed that way. Pep, I want to thank you and what you guys are doing. It's it's good content. Um, I learn a lot, you know, a lot of great stories. And awesome. I, I know you're passionate about what you're doing, man. So appreciate you. You're doing awesome. good. good. work.
1: Awesome, awesome, man! I'm glad, glad we can do this. Next time we're definitely doing it in the morning, so I could be drinking coffee while we're doing it. And we can, we can talk. absolutely. Can to get into the cans? Oh that's so much more to go with. All right. So as always, next one, awesome. next one, for the size up by National Fire Radio. This has been Pip, and we will catch you next time.
2: National Fire Radio.